encountered a level of progress whether it's in your spiritual life whether it's in things that concern your life in general and I'll quickly start by giving us the first point the first thing you need to do as you've started experiencing progress and as you are continuing to experience progress the first thing you need to do is to develop yourself number one develop yourself you need to develop yourself and you need to grow you need to develop yourself and you need to grow I remember I once taught at week midweek service on a subject entitled you must grow now you have to understand that there are certain levels of achievement that we are actually going to encounter only if we get to grow anything that is alive anything that is breathing anything that is alive has to grow just as a plant may be placed in, 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 in the soil and whatsoever as long as it's alive it has to grow in the same way if we claim and declare to be believers we too need to grow because remember we call it life in Christ we are alive in him so if we are alive in him we've got to reach to the place where we actually get to grow in our Christian walk I gave an example one time of how it's not possible for a father to give his two-year-old daughter a Lamborghini and say my daughter drive it is not possible because the father needs his daughter to mature the father needs his daughter to grow up and only when the daughter grows up he will be able or she will be able to handle that Lamborghini or that vehicle in the same way if you get to think about it there are certain levels of progress that we can't experience in our Christian walk until we mature because sometimes a blessing minus maturity may be a problem for you it may be a problem for you a Lamborghini to a two-year-old girl would really be something that would destroy her life and there are also certain levels of blessings that if you are not matured for them it will actually disturb you or it will actually affect you that's why for God to really know you are ready for the next level he sees your preparation and he sees your faithfulness that's what he measures so if he notice he notices ah the level of faithfulness in this area in consistency no 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 it's not so good such a person is not ready to handle serious matters if he measures your faithfulness and says mm, how is it that a 50 quarter in tithing is what's really difficult for such a person they're not yet ready to handle billions otherwise remember 
the reason you're tithing is because you are declaring that everything belongs to God. And so when you have your billions of kwacha and forget God, that means you are declaring that now your billionaire status has become your new God. And that's why you can't be ready for that and you can't, be, you can't access that. Amen and amen. And so you have to grow. We are looking at Israel now. Israel has come out of Egypt. But the Bible shows us something interesting in the book of Exodus chapter number 13 and verse 17. Because Israel now is on a journey to go to the promised land. They are on a journey to handle a certain level of progress. But God decides. But God decides to say, no, I'm not really going to do something to Israel because they need to develop. Chapter 13, verse 17. Let's look at what the Bible says. Look at this. The Bible says, Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them the way that the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God says, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Listen. The journey to the promised land was near. The journey to the promised land was near. But that journey, which was very near, had enemies in the way. Those were the Philistines. But God noticed that mm -mm, the way Israel is right now, they haven't yet grown. They haven't yet developed. And if I make them pass through the Philistines, they will change their minds and will return to Egypt. Hi. How does somebody reach a place where they are not so developed, such that when they are running towards progress, they change their mind and run back to bondage? Run back to the place where they were slaves. Remember we had explained it last week. That Israel had cried to the Lord that this slavery is too much. They cried and they said, Lord, please hear us. And God heard their cry after 400 years. Now, after 400 years, how does someone say, I'm ready to come out of bondage, but is not so developed, is not so grown to be able to say, you know what, no matter what, I'm going to go straight through. As, as long as I'm going to the promised land. They just say, aha, I'm going to change my mind. And that's why I tell people, it doesn't really matter the battles that you're facing in, 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 in your life. Don't cry at the battles that you're facing in life. Because you might not know that's actually a nearer route. Because the more you cry, trust me, for your sake, God will make you not to meet certain enemies, but it will be a longer route for you until you grow. Until you grow. So sometimes if you say, but a certain situation has come in your life, I just thank God. Oh no, I know where I'm going. I'm not, I know where I'm going. It is, it is well. I know where I'm going. God is with me. Now something just happens. Boom! You've lost your bed. Why is this happening to me? I am cursed. This, this, ah, uh ah, -uh, God will say this one. Bali Ben, what more? If people start speaking against him or her. 
Growth is necessary. Development is necessary. Because if you do not grow, if you do not develop, you can't, you can't access a new level of blessing. There are so many people when they are talking about 2021 they are saying, I want businesses. I want this, this. But in as much as there is that desire, the desire is not matching up with their maturity and their level of growth. I want to open up businesses. You don't know where Parker is. How, 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 what, how, what is going to happen? I want to open multinational companies. Yes, we understand you've learned the words. I want to open companies that are, are, which will just be producing and producing because the Bible says, be fruitful and multiply. But in their mind, there's still just a seed. Nothing is growing. You, you can't attain such things without growing. There has to be an increase in how you perceive things. There has to be an increase in how you handle things. You have to grow for you to access certain things. Remember the Bible says you cannot put new wine in old wine skins. That's what Jesus says. You can't pour new wine in an old wine skin. In the same way you can't go to a new level with an old way of thinking. Growth is necessary. necessary. Here is a believer who says, Lord, I want to be used. Use me mightly. I'm available. But how will you say, Lord, use me mightly. I'm available. When you're not even at church, how are you available? How will you be ordained? Online ordination. Wherever you are at home, we are ordain you as a deacon. You don't come. What am, I, what am I trying to show you? I'm trying to show you that in as much as we are going to a new year, in as much as we are going to have certain objectives, there's a certain level of growth that must accompany us. Have you noticed there are certain people every year they have the same resolution? How is it that those things don't come to pass? Every year. I'll be a better giver. I'll be a, uh, I'll love God more and more. I'll worship God more and more. I will do this. I will do that. Yet, they are neglecting the place of growth. And this is where Israel was. They did not grow. And God had to make them use another route. You know what that means? That means God is ready, but He's actually waiting on you. God is ready, but He's actually waiting on you. And do you know what that also means? It means your lack of growth sponsors delay. When you say delay is not denial, you can sponsor delay in your life by not growing. So actually delay is denial when you choose not to grow. 
Hallelujah. That's why this year, do you know what we, we deliberately said? It's a year of flourishing and growing. It's not you can handle big things. I was about to tell you the theme for next year, but I will not say it anything. But first, you have to grow for you to handle big things. That's where Israel was trapped. We can't remain on the same level. As my pastor likes to say, it's only Jesus who should be the same yesterday, today, and forever. You, for you, you have to develop. Same level. You're born again 2003. Same level. The, the consistency. No, there. Consistency being at the same level. No. Tell your neighbor, don't be at the same level. Grow. When you are growing, you will notice there will be a certain change in how you handle your Christian work. When you are growing, it will be easy to, to, to notice. Even how you pray will change. When you are growing, you will notice a long time you used to pray, Lord, may you destroy all my enemies. That cousin of mine who looks at me in a very strange way, May thunder strike them. But when you are growing, you will notice your prayer will change. You even begin to quote scripture. Father, your word says in the book of Romans, God's goodness leads men to repentance. May you show forth your goodness to all those that show forth badness towards me. Then you know, ah, such a person is actually growing. Hallelujah. Say it once again. Grow. The next thing, as you are growing, you will discover that of course God is moving you from place to place. You will discover of course that God is on your side and he's, 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 he's pushing you to progress. But next thing you have to do, in as much as you're preparing for a next level, is to ensure that you never forget what God is doing. Never forget what God is doing. And never forget what God has done. Coming back to Egypt, it's a very, very funny and very, very strange thing. Or rather Israel, sorry. Israel saw God in a mighty way. They really did see God in a mighty way. I'll show you how they saw God in a mighty way. They were there when frogs were coming in the land of Egypt. They were there when lice was coming in the land of Egypt. They were there when animals were dying in the land of Egypt. In fact, they saw a great miracle because the Bible shows us when the plagues went on, there was a distinction between the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel. Meaning, where Israel was face, where Egypt was facing darkness, where Israel was, there was no darkness. Where animals were dying in Egypt, with regards to the animals of the Israelites, the animals were not dying. So they noticed, 
this is not normal. And then they noticed when they had put blood on their doorpost, they noticed that all the firstborn sons of Egypt died, but theirs didn't die. They noticed that. But it's like when they came out of Egypt, they forgot that God had the power to preserve. They forgot that God had the power to deliver. They forgot that God had the power to do anything. He was able to bring frogs. He was able to take them away. But now this time, Israel encounters the Red Sea. And guess what Israel says? We are finished. Moses, you have brought us out of Egypt so that we can die. They forgot what God was doing. And that's why the Bible says how they limited the Holy One of Israel by forgetting His works. How do you limit God by forgetting His works? Exodus 14, verse 10. I want to show you this nation called Israel. When Pharaoh, this is now after they had encountered the Red Sea and Pharaoh started following them. The Bible says, when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were afraid and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Uh -huh. And they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Oh my goodness. Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Uh -huh. This is not the word that we... we this is the look at this what they are saying. Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt? Say, let us alone that we may save the Egyptians. Imagine, suddenly they've changed their mind. They've encountered the Red Sea and they're seeing Pharaoh. And then they're saying, did we tell you? Did we tell you, leave us alone? We just want to be slaves. But who was praying for deliverance at first? And after seeing all those great things, they forgot. They forgot. There are certain things that some of us experience in life. Some of you, you've had certain encounters, you're walking in the road. You don't pay attention and suddenly, it's like a car is about to bash you and then it pushes, something just pushes you away. And then you say, I know, I really know that was God. But then you forget. Afterwards, you forget and then you have you face a certain situation in life and you say, ah, God, where are you? Where have you been all my life? I'm just suffering and suffering and suffering and suffering. Why you are forgetting? Because you are not keeping a bag of testimonies. Remember, even the Bible says, count your blessings. But who taught you how to count your problems? Your blessings. Count them. And this is where Egypt, Israel was. 
Now, I want to show you now how funny it gets. Let's look at this. We're in verse 14. Let's start from verse 14. Moses now tells the people, The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Uh -huh. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Uh -huh. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea, divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry land. But before you go there, I think go to verse 13. I think there's something that happened in verse 13. Between verse 12 and verse 13. Uh, 12? Okay, this is where they had complained. Verse 13. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He will accomplish for you today. The Egyptians that you see today, you shall see no more. Imagine if you are going to receive such a word. The Egyptians that you see today, you shall see no more. After complaining. I don't know how you would respond to that. Are you going to believe? I don't know if they actually believed or not. But the Bible shows us that going forward, God had part the Red Sea. Alright? God had actually part the Red Sea for their sake. And what's very interesting is that after he had part the Red Sea, look at verse 15. They had passed. Now let's look at chapter 15, verse 1. Look at a lot of scriptures today. This is after they had part the Red Sea. They had to pass the Red Sea. Exodus 15, verse 1. Look at this. It says, Then Moses and what? The children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. Listen, when these people complaining that God. God, you've come, you've, you've made us, you want, you, you brought us here so we should die. Then when they see God do something, look at the worship, look at the worship, look at the worship. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. Next verse, I want you to see worship. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will exalt him. This is deep worship. <coughs> How is it that they saw God do marvelous works in Egypt, but then when they faced a situation, they started complaining. You want us to die. You want your God. Just because there are no graves. Here's this, this, that. Now God opens the door for them. Lord, you are worthy. Murivakuru. Jehovah Ovadu. You are the one that opens the door for us. Come on. Come on. Why, why, why are you forgetting God? What's the problem? Some of the... When I read the whole song. This is actually a long song. When I, when I read the whole song, I was amazed. I said, Lord, I've never even said such a thing, me, me. But I'll copy some, I'll even be saying some. You made the rider go into the sea. Eh? You become my salvation, my God. I will praise you. My father's God, I will exalt him. 
Maybe let's go to verse 3. To find, can find the canines. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is, a, is his name. Uchinja Nazim. Mighty man of war. Lion of Judah. We bow down and worship. He's not talking about Israel. seeing God do things. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, don't forget God. Yeah. Because you end up limiting him. That's why the Bible, when Jesus is revealing himself in Revelations, he says, I am the Alpha. I am the Omega. In short, you're saying, I am the beginning and the end. In short, you're saying, if in the beginning, I was the deliverer. In the middle, I'm still the deliverer. In the end, I'm still the deliverer. He's showing you that. Then it gives a further description of him. He says, I am the one who is, the one who was, and the one who is to come. Notice it didn't start with the one who was. He said, the one who is. Meaning, I now, right now, I am still the deliverer. Right now, I am still the I am that I am. Then he says, I am the one who was. Meaning, I have a track record. Of, 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 of victories. I did it. Yeah? I did it. Then when he says I'm the one who is, I am doing it now. The one who is to come, I'm going to do it again. From there you know the God you serve. You say, ah, wonderful. I will not forget God. I will not forget God. So remember that time when you needed some money and suddenly someone from nowhere Called you. Hi. Check your account. I've sent you an to man. And you received 5,000 kwacha. You are shocked and say, ah, where did this come from? Now, if God sorted out a financial miracle then, what can limit him to sort it out now? What? What? Isn't he the one who says, I am not a man to lie? And then he goes on to say, is anything too hard for me? He says, if mountains can melt at my presence, what is your situation? Ah. He says, is anything too, anything, what, is, what does anything mean? Anything. Maybe sometimes we don't understand what the word anything means. Is anything too hard for me? What does anything mean? Anything. Because sometimes you can say, no, maybe you can heal my headache, but not my cancer. He said, anything. So forget not. Forget not what he's done. Forget not what he's doing. Because when you do so, you begin to limit him. You begin to limit him. And that's how people don't even get to go to the next level. Because instead of thanking God in that moment, in the end, they will even just begin to say, No, God, you are you. You are not good. I've stopped going to church. I've stopped praying. I'm blocking Deacon Samuel. Talks to me a lot. Huh? 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 I'm telling you, they block. Huh? Blocked. Huh? He doesn't know. He doesn't understand what I'm going through. Huh? Hallelujah. Number three, don't complain. 
Don't complain. Someone say, don't complain. Don't complain. Now, when I'm talking about don't complain, I'm trying to show you that, that there are times things may not go according to how we want them to go in life. And how are we supposed to position ourselves in such a place? Of course, we should not complain. And if this is just a point that is coming from number two, because when you forget God, you forget what God did for you, you will end up complaining. And it's funny that when you look at, uh, at, 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 at Exodus chapter number 16 and Exodus chapter number 17, you will notice that already these guys were delivered from Egypt and they sang a song unto the Lord. But guess what? They started complaining in Exodus chapter 16. And they started saying, uh, You brought us here to die. There's no food. So you want us to die here? Give us food. <laughs> they started complaining. Moses, why did you bring us here, Moses? Sure. We were slaves. We were prisoners. We, we didn't have... Yes, they know we didn't have nice watches. We had chains. But why are you bringing us to such a place in the wilderness, Moses? Sure. Huh? And so they complained. When they complained, the Bible shows us that God heard from heaven, sent bread to them. Imagine. You see, I want to show you that God is so merciful. Look at the, the bread that God sponsored. They didn't work for it. They didn't labor for it. Remember when the Bible says, if you don't work, you shall not eat. Then they were just walking but eating. <laughs> and complaining. Ah, that's why I'm saying God is merciful. <laughs> he, was able to, he was able to do that. And he gave them bread from heaven. He gave them quails. But in as much as he did so, he would give them instructions. He would say, this bread that comes, do not keep it for the next day. He says, when you receive this bread, when you receive this manna, eat it to that day. It's not for tomorrow, it's for today. Ah, they didn't want to listen. No, we'll keep it for tomorrow. And then you find that the, those who kept it the next day, God was upset with them. And that manna turned, came back, had maggots and the like. It was also to show them the word, the bread that I give you today is for today. That's why Jesus said, give us this day. There's something for you to eat from the table of the Lord every day. Therefore, be careful if you have the mindset of rejecting God's today's word and say, ah, next time. Ah. Be careful with that. Because you might find it like it, like what happened to the Israelites. You will not find the nourishment in it. Hallelujah. The other time they complained about water. Hey, this water is bitter. This is what they complained. No, there's no water here. There's no this. I'll be honest. When I studied the book of Exodus, the Pentateuch, the, all the five books of Moses, I was, I, I, I had an honest chat with the Lord and I said, I know that the Bible and many people love to describe Moses as a man who had a temper, but I can understand him. But otherwise, 
if it was perhaps me who was written of that, I, Mishmiya, would have had super temper. Because these people were pushing him to the limit. Imagine, I'll, I'll tell you this. First of all, it's not easy for Moses because it's his first time leading out a nation. He's got nowhere to read in a book or in a scroll of how you are carrying out a nation, out of another nation. So immediately he removes them, they start complaining. As in our nation, we used to do this. As in our nation, we used to do that. And so Moses is panicking. God will tell him, strike the rock, he strikes. Water comes. No, this water is bitter. No, this is that. No, complaining, complaining, complaining. And I'm telling you, have you ever been around someone who complains a lot? Maybe you are the one who complains. Uh, if you've never been around if someone who complains, maybe you're the one who complains. Maybe they're avoiding you. You'll find, ah, wait, ah, wait, that little. Oh, no, it's just for Kuripe. Bakujabendo Sila, this, Mabuku. They are complaining over everything. And trust me, I'll tell you this. If you've noticed something about complaining, it's got a force, it's got an energy. It can drain you. It can drain you. It's an atmo- it comes with an atmosphere. That's why I avoid people complain. I'm telling you, avoid at all costs. If you are the one who complains, stop. You release a certain energy and atmosphere. Mundumbambo zingasire chak. Ah, where is this kokuribe? You feel? Oh, okay, okay. You even fail to pray. And that's how Israel was. Not even, that's why, I don't know. Of course, we understand Moses was wrong to have hit the, the rock twice when they told him to speak to it. Complainer. Moses, water, water. We got an instruction. Yeah. Lord, sorry, I was supposed to, to speak to it. Nikovin, you complainer, my name. Hallelujah. Never complain. I want to show you something from the scriptures that gives us guidance on what we should do in all things. First Thessalonians 5 verse 18. First Thessalonians 5 verse 18. Look at this. The Bible says. In what? In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Other version says, in all things give thanks. Do you know what in everything means? It means whatsoever situation that you go through. Have you ever, most of the times we've been wired to say thank you when we receive something good. But are we able to say thank you Lord even when a situation is bad? You've just been caught. Hey, Shani, 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 you've not received a job. Sorry. Are you able to say, thank you, Lord. And a better one is coming. I know, thank you. Oh, it's... Why is this? It's like, in fact. Complaining. The Bible says, in all things, 
give thanks. Philippians 2 verse 14. Hold that scripture as well in your heart as I got Philippians 2 verse 14. It says, in all things. I want to show you another thing to do in all things. Philippians 2 verse 14. What's happening? You can't find it? Okay, try verse 13. Philippians 2 verse 14, it's actually there. Hey, hey. How come I don't know what? Huh? For the mouse. Okay. Alright, when you find it. Anyone to read Philippians 2 verse 14? They have it. Because you're telling me there's nothing. You have it? Okay, get a mic and read it. Philippians 2 verse 14. Read loud. The Bible says, Do everything without complaining and arguing. It's just like that. It says, do everything. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Meaning we've been taught to do two things in all things. Number one, thank God. Number two, do not complain. Now, do you know why we've been taught to do these two things at all times? It's because complaining and thanksgiving are both spiritual catalysts. Do you know what a catalyst is? It's something that speeds up a reaction. So every time you give thanks, it acts as a spiritual catalyst that will bring up something good. And every time you complain, it is also a spiritual catalyst that brings problems. That's why have you noticed people that complain are stewing problems. They run around problems. There is no solution whatsoever. Some of them, even when there is a minor breakthrough, eh, at least, even though it's, it's not a lot, even though it looks uh, as this, even in what they are receiving, there is still a complaint. Hallelujah. And that's what I've noticed. That's why, that's what I've noticed was happening a lot in 2020. Many people did not know how to utter thanks. And so, they kept on giving complaints and complaints and complaints, not knowing those are catalysts that are provoking negative things. Hey. You started complaining in January. Hey, what? Boom. COVID came. Hey, Shani, this, this, that. What do We want to see. Boom. Children started going lost. Hey, this, this. Accidents. Complaining. Where is the generation that was able to say, Lord, we thank you? 
even though we may not understand this situation, you are able to remove us. You are able to deliver us from this place. Where, where, where are the people who were able to say, we know, Lord, others trust in chariots, others trust in horses, but we trust in your name. Amen and amen. Ourselves, with our own words, we were releasing a certain negative word that was multiplying and became more negative. As we enter 2021, regardless of how things are going to be, whether good or bad, never, don't complain. Always give thanks. That's why every time, even before I'm about to teach, I'm about to uh, release the word of God, I give thanks for the privilege. I say, oh Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for your love. Thank you for this opportunity. When was the last time you said thank you? For how far God has brought you here. What was the last time? We ought to give thanks. Hallelujah. Next point. Number four. Do not look back. Do not look back. When I say do not look back, I'm simply saying don't turn back to those old ways. Don't turn back to the place that you were formerly at. This is one thing that Israel loved to do. They loved to turn back. They are walking towards progress. They are walking towards the promised land. But they kept on giving reference to Egypt. It's like, <laughs> it's like they literally became Egyptians out of Egypt. I'm telling you, they kept looking back. There are certain memories you have to destroy. As in, Israel had memories. Ah, we remember the time we used to eat garlic. They remembered so many things. Sometimes perhaps they would have, they would have mirages, mirages. And remember Israel, remember the, the hard times they had in Egypt. Tanzorima, Tanzoshanga, we used to work. Looking back. The problem with looking back, looking back blurs your focus. On looking forward and if you can't look forward you will not be looking forward to what is forward hallelujah do not look back at where you're coming from I know someone once texted me and they said man of God how is it that when you're in the world and when you're, it's, when, you're, when you're in the world life is more beautiful than being a Christian I say, hey, how? and she went on to say, no, when you're in the world how come it's easier even to get married than when you're born again 
I said, you were in the world, were you married? <laughs> ah, no. I said, how did you know it was easier? Because you were not married. Ah, no, but it just looks... Uh, said, how can you desire that world again? A world where the Bible says you were a stranger to the promise. A world where the Bible says you were an alien. Judgment awaited you. How can you look back to the world? Oh no, certainly not. Some of you, I don't even know, some of you, I do know some of the things you say, they are not testimonies. You glorify your past. It's a good data. That's not many, I says. When you want to search up the holy, holy, oh, good data. They are not necessarily saying, no, I was lost, but now things are. It's a good data. That order so, Mama, what are you They are glorifying their past. They are good. It's like it's like they are proud of that past of theirs. Is it? Oh, when it comes to drinking, oh, one drum, what? And I'm like, why can't you talk about your current situation right now? You say I used to, I, I, I used to be drunk on wine, but now I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. There's something that. I have now. No, it's those days. What's that one What What's that one What's that these things looking at the past no 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 you need to the only first thing you need to look at is what God has done for you that's the only thing you need to look towards the past but when you start looking at the past in your over your past life you start saying oh no I used to do this this was journey you start steering up a certain desire and you begin to miss the past. You say, oh my goodness, I used to do this. Fish. Just need to do a, a comeback. What do you going? Come together. Come together with the world. It's been a while. But you see, that's a dangerous place you are at when you keep looking at the past. Because the Bible shows us that woman who decided to look backwards did not progress. She became a pillar of salt. And say, I'm going to look at the world. I'm going to look back at Egypt. You, you are not going to advance. You become a pillar of salt. Pam. That's what they will use. They will use you as a test. After they find you, oh, this is salt new discovery, they'll make money off you. The first man that discovered salt looking like a person. Hallelujah. Don't look back. Don't look back at those things that were in the world. 
Don't look back at those desires that were there. Remember the Bible says there's a way that seems right to man but at the end of him it's death. Some of the desires that you followed in, 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 in the past were deadly. And you've got to say, I'm not turning back. I've got my mind made up. And now I'm trying. Because I want to see my Jesus someday. I've got my mind made up. And I want my Because I want. See my Jesus someday. Number five. Choose to see differently. Choose to see differently. The Bible shows us a time where Israel went before the promised land. Now they are going, they are, they are, they are, they are marching towards the promised land. Then the Bible gets to show us that. Dog spies were sent to look at the promised land. They were sent to investigate what was happening in the promised land. And when those twelve spies had gone to the promised land, they came back with a report. Now imagine, <laughs> what strange is this? What strange is that twelve people went and saw the same things but these 12 people saw things differently. What do I mean? When they came back to report and say, we've gone to the land. They said, we've gone to the land. It's surely full of milk and honey. It's the one that God had promised about. Surely. But 10 of these spies said something that stirred up problems within Israel. The 10 spies said, ah, Yes, there's milk and honey, but there are giants in this place. There are great giants. And in their review of, their, of, of what they had seen, they said, Surely when we went there, we looked like grasshoppers before them. Imagine, you want to give someone directions. No, there is a good tarmac there. But you find a big portal, then when you find the big portal, they are just uh, these, uh, these, these cats, what are they called? Lions, yeah. They are lions, just this side. So when you pass, yeah, once you pass, no problem. Yeah, no, I saw them, they were big, and they, can, they ate someone, but when you pass, they are keeping, imagine they are keeping that report. When Israel heard that, he said, hey, 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 hey. Yes, there is milk and honey, but you said there are things that make us look like grasshoppers. We are not going. But two of those spies said, ah, what do you mean? Of course, there is milk and honey, and of course, they are giants. But the Lord is going to give them to us. Let's go for it. Ah, the people refused. No, 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 we are not going. You've heard these people kill. You've heard these people are big, but two men, Joshua and Caleb, said, we can handle it. Come on, we can handle it. Still more Israel refused. Are we good? Yeah. Still more Israel refused. Why not go in? 
Now, these were people that saw, they went together, of course. They went to, they, they spied together. But how is it that one group of people was seeing opposition, while one group of people was seeing opportunities? They saw differently. In the same way, as a child of God, you've got to learn to see things differently. You've got to learn to see things differently. When you see things, don't see them on a negative side. See it on a positive side. Some of you, perhaps you started your own businesses. And when you started your own businesses, you are not necessarily seeing the profits that you actually expected. But what do you do? Do you say, ah, market No. Don't, don't look at it that way. Don't begin to say, ah, people in Zambia are just stubborn. They just don't like buying. What do you mean? See it differently. Be able to reach to a place where you say, okay, anyway, uh, this was uh, my experience. But my experience is going to be better. I'm going to devise a strategy that will make me produce profits even more and more. I will extend my business from WhatsApp statuses. I'll, I'll open up a page. I'll begin to sponsor that page. I'll begin to ask clients here and there. You're seeing things differently. Hallelujah. Some of you, you've started your business. Maybe if it's for whatsoever. Then you see already a big established company on Facebook. Which is doing well. And you say, ah, Wariko Kudan, Come on. That, that should not that should that should not worry you. It should not worry you, especially if you are a child of God. If you read what Joshua said <laughs> about the giants, he said, God has already given us in them to our in our hands. They've been defeated. Let's just go for it. There's a way he was seeing things. Ask your neighbor, how are you seeing things? Lastly, as you're walking in your journey of progress, ensure to never become a rebel. That's number six. Ensure to never become a rebel. This is one of the most dangerous things that happened even to Israel. When you look at Numbers chapter number 14, verse 2 to 4, Numbers chapter number 14, verse 2 to 4. I want to see something. The Bible says, And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If we had only died in the land of Egypt. Ish. My goodness, people would complain. If we had only died in the land of Egypt, or, or if only we had died in the wilderness. Uh-huh. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims 
would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? Imagine, they have just received news that you're supposed to go to the promised land and other people have told, the spies have told them, look, they are giants, Bambo complain. This is, look, the first time they were complaining, that was Exodus 14. This is Numbers 14. <laughs> this is Numbers 14. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? Next verse, look at what they do. They are tired of complaining. Then they said, so they said to one another, select a leader for us to return to Egypt. In short, they did. They wanted to do Moses' coup d'etat. Moses, yes, you delivered us, but you are fired. We are selecting a leader today that is taking us back to Egypt. Look, there. I'm telling you, this is now the beginning of rebellion. <laughs> This is now the beginning of rebellion. The beginning of rebellion starts when you start running away from what the word of the Lord says and from whom he is chosen to guide you. Start avoiding. He said, now select a leader. Guys, someone who's he's traveled with you, he's even brought you to the promised land. He's brought you just by the edge. And then you begin to say, oh, to Buerere, Egypt. We are not going here. Let's choose a leader. Kelvin, are you here? <laughs> they select Kelvin. But look, look at what the Bible says in verse 9. Look at what the Bible says in verse 9. I think this is where Joshua now speaks. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land. For they are our bread. Mm, 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 mm. Their protection has departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Are you seeing that? Put it in the NLT. Do not rebel against the Lord. Don't be afraid of the people of the land. He's talking about the giants. They are only helpless, helpless prey to us. How can you describe giants as helpless prey? Hey! Why was, why was he saying they are helpless prey? He says, they have no protection. But the Lord is with us. Ah! My goodness. Israel didn't see that. The, the giants that you're scared of? <laughs> why are you scared of giants? Why are you scared of Goliath? What, why are you scared of, of, of the biggest giant out there? They are only helpless prey. Ah, I, I, I hope you're seeing that. It says, they have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Meaning to you, whom the Lord is with. When you're dealing with your enemy, it's your enemy that needs protection, not you. Uh, uh. It's your enemy that needs protection. You guys keep on, Lord, protect me against the enemy. No, 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 no. Enemy should say, protect me against Gomezio, who has the Lord God in him. Because they have no protection. It's not you who needs protection. Now you've got it. It's not you. You, you have got. It's your enemy that needs protection. Look, 
It says they are helpless prey to us. It's not you who should be prey. It's not you. It's not you. If it's not you who should be prey, then there should someone who should be a predator. There should be someone who's giving problems to the enemy. Just your prayers. Suddenly there's lightning in hell. Where? Knowing there's an Azaria who's praying at the midnight hour. I pray for my family. I pray for my friends. I'm praying that there's going to be breakthrough for them. The people in hell have no protection. And they're striking. Helpless prayer. How do you speak of a giant as a helpless prayer? Most of the times, it's us who are running away from the enemy. The enemy is chasing. Who wants to pull out that chest? They are just chasing. They are chasing. That not that showing like as if you are praying? You should not be praying. Me, the Bible showed me the correct way on how to do the enemy. It says, pursue, overtake, recover. So it's, 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 it's me who's chasing him. It's me who's chasing him. One day in the realm of the spirit, I was, I was taken up in a vision and suddenly I saw a witch moving in our area. Not even near my place, of course, but moving in our area. <laughs> and so I saw the witch and I said, Ewe! I was very strange, I spoke in Yanji. I said, Ewe! Watch Tachani Kuno! I said, I chased that day. Those are visions to have. I chest. Chest. Hallelujah. Another time, I'm in the presence of the Lord. Again, I see a vision. And I see someone who's trying to come near me. Just trying to come near me. I don't know what to observe. A demon. And then I look behind. And they realize, aha, I have seen you. And before I say anything, speed. I'm telling you. As surely as God lives, that was one of my favorite visions. From nowhere, from nowhere, a horse pipe came from my right. Horse pipe. Kumosana. From that day. I'm sure it even left camp. Maybe it's in Mozambique or something like that. They need protection against us. Mm. I'm telling you, they need protection. Wasn't it here that I explained to you there was a time I was coming from town and uh, I was in a bus and there was a satanist just seated next to me and I realized, I said, hey, hey. <laughs> Started squeezing. Back seats. Ah, I said, someone doing this. <laughs> I just started shaking. I said, ah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, decided to cough in tongues. Because no one can accuse you that you are praying. From there, certainly. Hello, Nisa Luka. Nisa Luka. Imwe mami mwakamba msara pa bobs kuna. Imwe, ni drama zanu, ni seruka. Dropped off. 
And when the person dropped off, looked at me, the bus is going, I did this. I'm telling you. They need protection. If you can catch this revelation that God, just if you can catch this revelation that God is with you. If you can catch the revelation that Jesus said, I will be with you till the end. You think he is with you to do nothing. He's with you to protect, to provide, to assure. He's with you as an all-in-one blessing. So anything else is helpless prayer. But Israel did not understand this and they became rebels. They decided to choose, elect somebody that was going to lead them back to Israel. And this time God was upset. This time God was upset. And he says, you know what, since you've chosen to rebel against me, I'm going to, to teach you. Now, here's one thing you need to understand. Rebellion is always rewarded. Rebellion is rewarded, meaning there is a punishment that comes with rebellion. In fact, the Bible describes the sin of rebellion as the same as that of witchcraft. Yeah. Same. If it, if we have, if, if today it was Judgment Day. Witches and rebellion would be in the same line. Same line. Why? Which means rebellion is a dimension of witchcraft. <laughs> ah, I'm telling you, it's a very dangerous one. Let me just end on speaking on rebellion. I want to show you the danger of rebellion. God decided, saying, since they've rebelled, they are not going to enter the promised land. God decided that. You can read that on your own. That you will find it in Numbers 14, verse 20 uh, to about 34. You can read that at your own time. So God said, because these people have rebelled, they are not going into the promised land. They're not going to go there. And Moses, at that time, said, Ah, Lord, please spare them. In fact, if you read what God wanted to do, God did not necessarily just want them not to enter the promised land. God wanted to kill them. He said, I'm going to send a plague to destroy all of them. He was about to kill them. Moses had to intercede. Ah, Moses, ah. He was very good. He had to intercede and say, Lord, please, don't kill them. Let this bring glory to you. He was very sharp in his intercession. Let this bring glory to you. They will make fun of us, saying, look, our God delivered us, and then, boom, we've gone nowhere. But Lord, please. And he said, okay, no problem. But these ones, Abena Kelvin, they are not entering. They are not entering the promised land. And you know what? You know what the Bible says? Do you know what the Bible says? Do you know that they wandered about for 40 years? Because 40 years was actually a punishment. 
Oh, it was judgment. Now, uh-uh. anyway, 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 let's 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 go to it. Let's go to it. Uh, give me numbers fourteen, verse thirty-two. It was a punishment. But verse thirty-two. Uh-huh. Uh But as for you, you drop dead in the wilderness. Uh huh. Next verse. Then it says, and your children will, yeah, and your children will be like shepherds wandering in the wilderness for forty years, right? Put it, put it in the NKJV if you can. All right. It says, and your sons shall be shepherds in the wilderness forty years and bear the brunt of infidelity until. Your carcasses are consumed in the wilderness. Uh-huh. According to the number of days in which you spied out the land, 40 days, for each day you shall bear your guilt one year, namely 40 years, and you shall know my rejection. What does that mean? It means the spies went to the land of, of, of the promised land. And they spied for 40 days. When they came back, they gave a report. They rejected what they uh, they rejected going to the promised land. So God said, "Okay, for each day that the spy went, I'm punishing you as as a year. So you are going to move around for 40 years until you die. The ones who enter the promised land are your children. Kelvin's son, Jacob." <laughs> It's your children that are going to enter. So do you know? So that's what was happening. Do you know why? Do you know why it took 40 years? Do you know why it was taking 40 years? God wanted the first generation to die. All of them. Then the the, the, the children were the ones who were going to enter. So they started rounding. Pa, year number one. Pa, this one dies. This one dies. This one dies until it reaches 40 years after Kelvin dies. The next generation does what? Enters. Hallelujah. So it was a punishment. Not because it was far. It was very near. 40 years was judgment for them. Judgment for rebellion. Imagine. You rebel for a day. God punishes you with a year. Hey. Rebellion. It's got a strict punishment. It's got a really strict punishment. Somebody said, do not rebel. Now, after they've been given that judgment, another person decides to become a rebel. Number 16, verse 1. There's a son of is Isba, Isa. Yeah. Look, the Bible says, Now Korah, the son of Isa, the son of Korah, the son of Levi, with Dathan, Abram, the sons of Eliab, on the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men. Aha, next verse. And rose up before Moses with some of the children of Israel, 250 leaders of the congregation. Imagine Korah decides to influence 250 leaders 
and representatives of the congregation, men of renown. Next verse. They gathered together against Moses and Aaron and said to them, You take too much upon yourselves, for all the congregation is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? Give us another version. <laughs> this, this, look at these complaints. Okay. They came as a group and confronted Moses and Aaron saying, You have overstepped yourself. This entire community is holy and God is there, is in their midst. So why do you act like you are the one running the whole show? <laughs> Korah has come now, son of Isaac. He comes to Pastor Shep. Eh? God loves us all. Eh, that's that. Eh. Oh, yes. Have you ever heard people like saying, eh, I, I, God loves us all. Don't think he, 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 you, you can do you can help us anyway. Some of those statements are from the heart of rebellion. Of course God loves us all. But when God loves us all, it should not be at the expense of cutting down or putting aside a leader. They said, you've, over, you've overstepped yourself. This entire community is holy. We have been set apart. God loves us. God is in their midst. So why do you act like you are the one running the whole show? And he Bakora managed to gather 250 leaders. Amadikon, Zamashani, managed. And spoke against Moses. Hey, you should read the entire chapter of what happened. The Bible shows us. Beyond to see what happened to them. Number 16, verse 32. I want to show you. How God rewarded Korah for rebellion. <laughs> the Bible says, The earth opened its mouth, and in one gulp swallowed them down. The men and their families, all human beings connected with Korah, along with everything they owned. Listen, 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 listen to that. They decided to rebel. But remember, they said, We are holy. God loves us. But do you know what happened to them? When they stood before Moses and the people, the Bible says the earth opened. This is the first time we have seen a very <laughs> serious uh, thing happen. The earth opened. What, it's, it, it's not a fictional thing. Like it literally opened. The ground opened. Swallowed them. That's how they were buried. Buried alive. The earth opened its mouth and in one gulp swallowed them down. Now this is where I get, I get afraid. Because the Bible says it did not only swallow Korah. It says the men and their families. Be careful when you follow a rebel. Be careful. People suffer. People innocently suffer. He's a rebel here. The families were very innocent. The worshiping God did what? But look, it says, and the men and their families and all human beings connected with Korah 
Be careful who you connect yourself with. No, she's just my friend, oh. I know she's not born again, she's just my friend. We just relate on that basis. The punishment will also be on that basis. In the cinema comeback, woman eka. Me, I don't talk about people. Me, I just hear, I give her an ear. That's them here, Papu. I'm telling you. Fish! This is just to show you. But there's a beautiful mystery, even though this is talking about it's talking about rebellion. If God can deal with someone's rebellion, swallow them, swallow their families, and swallow all those human beings connected with them, what more when he's declaring a blessing? <laughs> what more? Ah, 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 what more? It means if God is going to reward you with a blessing, it will say, and he blessed them with the men and their families and all the human beings connected with the prophet Gomez, uh, uh, with, with Korah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Along with everything they owned. But God is very interesting. Like, he's dealing with Korah and he literally wants to... He doesn't want anything with Korah. Look at the Bible says, it swallowed at, along with everything they owned. Meaning the puppet is here, it can get swallowed. <laughs> and you wonder, how come this other thing is, is, is still there? So, oh no, no, that puppet was for Cora. So, <laughs> it was for Cora. <laughs> Hallelujah. The dangerous place to be in, rebellion. That's why as a believer, you always have to check your heart for any form of rebellion any form of rebellion because rebellion will start towards God and it will go towards leaders. Be careful. Who is pastor to tell me to post a poster? Now, it's the same thing that happened to Moses and it, it's the same thing that happened to, 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 to Miriam and Aaron. They started speaking about his Moses' marriage. Ah, that woman that he married, ah, wait. Why are you talking about? Mind your own business. Speaking about people's relationships. His, him, he was sent as. You'd never see Moses. At least, even the Bible doesn't say how Moses used. He never used to say, no, my wife, shan, shan. No, he was strict with his word, his work. But the, when Miriam and Moses, no, look at the woman he married. But God had, and when you read the Bible, the Bible says God called for a family meeting. Yeah, he called both of them. He called Miriam, he called Aaron, and he called Moses. And says, Abba, they are talking about you. <laughs> family meeting, God called it himself. Moses did not hear when Miriam and Aaron were speaking against him. He, he, he was minding his own business. But God, ah, I will not allow this. Family meeting, my God. And Moses even prayed, Lord, please forgive them. God said, how? <laughs> look at what happened to, look at what happened to, look at what happened to Miriam. The Bible says she had leprosy. Aaron was lucky. 
because of the gown he was wearing. It was a priest. <laughs> For him it was the gown that saved him. He's lucky otherwise. And the Bible says they had to chase Miriam. She was outside the camp for seven days. She needed to rest from talking. She had her own sabbatical. Seven days. They could not move until we had. Why are we not going, Israel? I was in Israel, Miriam, Hallelujah. Avoid rebellion. Trust me, saints of God. Avoid it. That's one of the things I've always prayed in my heart. May I never have any seed of rebellion. Never. Look, one thing you have to understand is that no, every man is under authority. Even I, as a human being, am under authority. Under authority. And while I've functioned under authority, the first time I came under my pastor, never, and I say never, has there been any single clash, not even one. More than 10 years now. Not even one. Hey, others, most, most wanted every week. Good morning. What a bet. Check. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I will not rebel. I will not rebel. Another thing you also need to understand, just for the sake of your knowledge, is another spirit that works with rebellion. How many have heard of Jezebel? Many times when we talk about Jezebel, we love to identify Jezebel as perhaps one that just seduces and uh, one that, you know, so when we say Jezebel, even I'm, I'm told there are things like Jezebel lotion, I don't know. But at such you can attract men or whatsoever. Such devilish things. <laughs> Whatever it is. But now you have to understand something. If you study Jezebel, even though many would associate her with being a person that seduces, Jezebel was his Jezebel's primary assignment was beyond that. The spirit of Jezebel, I'll show you two things. The spirit of Jezebel fights authorities. Mm. <laughs> Listen, the spirit of Jezebel fights authorities and manipulates authorities. That's why the Bible says when Jezebel married King Ahab, King Ahab was the king of Israel. Jezebel manipulated Ahab to begin to start worshipping Baal. It was not, no, uh, let me let me give you this and I'll give you, no, it was not on, on a sexual relationship. Also. It was manipulating him to begin to worship Baal. Meaning, by virtue of her marrying a king, she brought idolatry in the kingdom. She manipulated authority. What does that mean? It means a Jezebel spirit fights authorities. So you must be careful. 
if you're under authority and you begin to fight authority. Because they might be something you might be functioning. Number two, the Jezebel spirit. The Jezebel spirit, or rather Jezebel, when she came, she made a purpose. Or rather she proposed it in her heart to kill the prophets of God. Meaning a Jezebel spirit not only manipulates authority, it fights both the worker of God and the work of God. Huh? Mm. Am I fighting the work of God? Mm. That, that's, that's what the Jezebel spirit. It, look at the prophets. That's why, that's why if you notice something, when you read the Bible, after Elijah had killed the prophets of Baal, Jezebel was upset. Now, she said, mm, Elijah, this is what he's doing. Wait, I'm coming for him. And this is how serious Jezebel is because the Bible says Elijah ran away. Elijah, prophet, he ran away. He said, mm, if this woman... Okay, but Donna, they are women, right? How can a man run away from... Honestly, think about it. Why should not just a man, a man of God run away from you? The way Elijah ran away from, from Jezebel is different from the way Joseph ran away from Potiphar's wife. <laughs> Joseph ran on a sexual relation. Elijah ran on another relation. So you know it. Jezebel is not, we're not really talking about uh, relationship points a lot. It fights the work of God and the worker of God. He ran away and you know what he said? He says, Lord, this is too much. Take away my life. Mm. That's what he told God. Huh? It's, 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 it's a rebellious spirit. And it's... Honestly, many of the body of Christ perhaps may have ignored it. But since it's there to fight the work of God, since it's there to fight the worker of God, you need to be discerning. Now, do you know one thing? In 1 Kings chapter number 18, Jezebel had declared, she said the same way, the same way that Elijah killed the prophets, in the same way I'm going to kill him. How did Elijah kill them? He slayed them by the sword. She said, by this time tomorrow, if I don't kill Elijah, may the gods punish me. That's what she said. May the gods punish me if I don't kill Elijah. Mm. We understand why Elijah had to run. But of course we do understand. Elijah was taken up to heaven. He was not killed yet. The Bible says he was taken up to heaven. He's alive. Ah, we praise God for that. But does it mean the Jezebel spirit stopped working? I'll show you something. Do you know the Bible says there was a man that came in the power and spirit of Elijah. What's his name? John the what? How was he killed? He cut off his neck. Exactly how Jezebel said he would kill Elijah. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. So a spirit can still function until. Because even when you see, when you see how John the Baptist died, have you noticed the, the, the woman said talking to the king, I want the head of John. Mm. Jezebel, yeah. Mm. It's a bad, bad spirit. It's a bad spirit. People are quiet. Mm. <laughs> hey. That's why we need to always check ourselves. Of course, you know there are sometimes even the Bible will not necessarily show you. Then the spirit. I know there are times that the Bible said the spirit came in Judas and whatsoever, but there are times it will not necessarily show us. But you can see that the Jezebel spirit has been fighting. It. It. When she said, "By this time, the way I." You killed the way you killed my prophets. That's the way I'll kill you. Ah, it was very serious. Just be fighting until, 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 until John the Baptist came in the power of the Spirit of Elijah. He died by the sword as well. It's a happy now. What am I trying to show you? Never associate with any form of rebellion. Never. Some people are fighting church leaders. Some people fight pastors. And they think it's normal. Because of the hate that they have stirred up within them, suddenly they start partnering with certain spirits. spirits. Someone once called me over a certain pastor friend of mine and told me, please pray for my pastor. He's blind. You can't see that there's a Jezebel spirit in the church. I told her, what? Why are you saying he's blind? No, there are are people who are trying to bring down the church. She started mentioning them by names. I checked within my spirit. That ah, these people within my spirit, they are okay. Are you sure you are okay, you say one? <laughs> no. How come my pastor can how, how is it that God is skipping you or skipping your pastor and then showing you that? Are you sure? She tried speaking to a pastor at once to fire the person. Remember. Jezebel manipulates authority. So sometimes you may think as if, and she said, and honestly, what she said having, she said now having encounters. She said even having encounters. No, seriously, this person needs to go. And I said, I will not give heed to what you have to say, but you need help. So the Jezebel spirit that she was seeing on someone else was actually working with her rebellion. That's why I fear rebellion. I, I, I fear it. Sometimes you, let's even just notice the things you get offended with. 
You came late. They shouted at you. You're offended. But you came late. You want to be dead? Ah, let's come on. Fashionably late. You look so late-ish. You're late. You need to be rebuked. The Bible tells us to rebuke. And you're offended. Not going to square we pray may we never ever hold on to any form of rebellion ever because that's one of the biggest things especially as we enter 2021 be careful be careful. Start well. Start well. But don't be rebellious. Don't be rebellious against the word of God. Don't be rebellious against your spiritual authorities. It, I honestly don't find it okay if let's say your spiritual authority texts you, good morning, how are you today? And you just give them blue ticks. It just shows there's something that's happening in your heart. Now, why am I firmly speaking, especially on the aspect of rebellion? It's because rebellion is rewarded. So you can say, this is my year. But when you turn your heart, mm, the year which you said, this is my year, it will be your year of rewards. That's why in the house of the Lord and even in, in, in the church, there must be order. God really emphasizes on order. Don't listen to people who go out there who like saying, no, God loves us all. Whatsoever. Yes, God loves us all. But then they're saying, no one, we can talk to anyone the way we want. We're all the same. God loves us all whatsoever. No, don't, don't listen to that. Otherwise, if you notice, when children were laughing at Elisha, it's not Elisha who sent the bears to eat up the children. It's God. When Sapphira and Ananias decided to lie, it's not Peter that killed them. It's God. Which just shows that God wants order. Hallelujah. Now we've reached a place where Israel has said, no, I am not going to the promised land. And we've reached to a place where God has declared judgment. But now we are going to enter another dimension of preparation where we start teaching where Joshua now takes over and leads them to the promised land. So watch out for part three. Let's rise up. So today's teaching with 